Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Okay, so I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong, okay? And I'm pretty yep. sure my roommates aren't here to have to, to he, overhear this conversation, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet in case. So I've been fighting a silent war with yeah. with one of my roommates about like the thermostat because sometimes I'll get home and it'll be like 78 degrees in the apartment, and I'm like obviously wrong. Um, Way too hot. Yeah, that's nuts. And you guys it, split utilities even? Um, it's included in our rent. Um, oh yeah dude and so what i do is i open my window because it's 45 degrees outside and yeah. they, they kind of balance each other out yeah and it'll end up somewhere in the high 60s if you do that and however oh no <laughs> today it was like i don't know it, it's like 28 degrees and i have my window open and i'm like it's nice and chilly i like it but now it's 1.30, and it's still 30 degrees, and I'm, like, trying to go about my day, and, like, I'm wearing more clothes than I normally do, like, ever, but I refuse to turn the heater on out of principle now. Wild. <laughs> I do not care. I could I could set it to 73 and have the heat on for that, but, like... I simply turning the heat on is admitting that I'm losing this battle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, dude. Here's the thing. It is 68 degrees in my house. As it should be. That's a little cold. Um, but it's a good way to save on the heat during the winter. Is run it a little colder than you'd like, and then in the in the summer you run a little hotter than you would like. That's but something. Like, the, uh, <laughs> okay, sorry, you finish your thing. I in a perfect world, I like seventy two. So sixty is four degrees too cold, and in the summer in my house it's usually like seventy four, seventy five. But that means it's really hot, like uncomfortable upstairs, seventy five upstairs. But downstairs, you go downstairs, seventy. So that feels great. But this is one of those things I'm like, listen. I don't really want to lord around my role in this family, <laughs> but it's one of those things I'm like, hey, we didn't even take a vote at what temperature it should be. But I also want to say, in terms of your house, when you're like, oh, 70's perfect for downstairs, upstairs is a little hot, though. Alex, your whole house is upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> the <whole> kitchen <laughs> and a living space is downstairs. Not even like an entertainment space. Like it's it's effectively the lobby of your house. <laughs> yeah. Everybody goes upstairs to hang out. I mean, it's a little different when like we're doing like a dinner party or drinks. Cause then sure. it's like the it's the place to walk around and have conversations. But like the comfort, the coziness is all upstairs. But the, all all of this to say is I'll change it. And she'd be like, why did you change it? I'm like, why did you change it? Hey, ask me. I didn't ask you because you didn't ask me. What is this? What I have to ask you permission to change it, but you didn't ask me. I get that she's in the house more than I am, but I'm like, hey, man, have you noticed that everyone has to walk around with hoodies right now? Like, it's a little too cold. And like... What's two degrees, man? Just bring it up to 70. Because the thing is, it's 60. Oh, not only is it 68, it's 68 heat only. Ooh. Which is, you'd want it to be auto. You want, <laughs> this is such a dumb conversation to have. You want it to be auto. Because here's the thing. it the, If the temperature 
the thermostat is upstairs. That means downstairs is going to get so cold before it gets cold upstairs. It just, that's just, that's just the way it works. So when we're eating dinner, bro, I am freezing. (laughs) It is so cold and it's heat only, and it only kicks on when it gets cold enough upstairs so there needs to be like a draft in the house for the heat to kick on it's a problem i would like to say alex said this is a stupid conversation to be having i haven't participated in this conversation for about three minutes now he's having a stupid conversation with himself yeah (laughs) when i'm saying this is a stupid conversation to be having i'm meaning like why did i why am i talking about this on the podcast why am i so passionate about this yeah i realize i'm like man i uh my tone of voice is really off for the topic (laughs) i i think he's projecting a little bit i think that maybe there's some unresolved uh unresolved issue that he's taking out on the thermostat (laughs) you're gonna find out macy cheated on me in a year <laughs> it was like right in the middle of the thermostat debate uh, she never takes wh- me seriously all right she's walking all over me <laughs> it's not just the four degrees it's the principle <laughs> of the four degrees right i thought our marriage stood on something stronger than this okay jeez Communication is important. If she needed something from me, she should have communicated with me. And I'm just so upset how she keeps talking to her friends about the thermostat, but she won't talk to me about the thermostat. (laughs) Everyone knew about the thermostat problem but me. (laughs) Oh, so she wears the big sweatshirt when I'm home, but as soon as I leave, oh, she doesn't need the sweatshirt anymore. Freaking wild. (laughs) Well, on that note, let's go ahead and talk about our movie. We're uh, wrapping up our A24 November month. We are watching After Sun. Um, Hey, gang, there's not much to spoil in this bad boy. So I think we just kind of got to go whole hog on this one. Um, If you don't want to hear us talk about this, uh, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 23 minutes, 50 seconds. Whole hog was really a choice for yeah, me. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking it, but I'm like, we're not going to call him out. He's on a rhythm. <laughs> um, so dude, this af- movie got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, dude. So this movie is like an hour 40, you know, hour 30, something like that. And it stars Paul Mescal, and it is a coming-of-age movie, and... The way that I looked at it, the best way for me to describe it is it's a movie about parenthood told through the lens of a child. Um, that's kind of like the thesis of the movie. The the Also, I don't know if this is a coming of age as it is a slice of life. Yeah. I don't know. Some would argue honest, bro, they're subgenres of l- each other, but yeah. you know. This is this is going to be a conversation that I don't know if I can... I'm going to have as much to say about this movie as a person who didn't watch the movie would. <laughs> <laughs> so, the more tactile premise of it is um, Paul Mescal plays a character named Callum, and he's a younger dad. He's, like, he's 30. He's about to turn 31. The movie takes place on the eve of his birthday, and... Um, He has a daughter who is 11, whose name is Sophie, and um, they are on vacation in Turkey, and the movie is kind of about... The movie is just 
the adventures they go on while on vacation. And I say adventures. That's a strong term. Yeah. Um, it's just a day in the life or a day, a week in the life of a dad and a daughter attending a resort. Yes. And I think that this movie does a really cool job at capturing some pretty specific moments. Um, I think that it captures um, being 11 years old and not fully understanding everything that's going on with your parents. Like That's a very complex issue, and I think that this movie doesn't analyze it would maybe be the wrong thing to say, but like it definitely puts it under a microscope for you to analyze. Um, and on the other side of that coin is you also get to like, especially if you're older, you know, you can see like being a parent and purposefully hiding parts of yourself from your kid. So that way they don't like worry about you, stuff like that. Um, the movie, the big criticism that I have about this movie is that it's pretty boring. Okay. It is terribly boring. And th it, it made me a... not to want to go to a resort in my life. <laughs> so, it felt like a retirement home. So like Alex said, this movie got nominated for awards. It has like a 90 out of 100. It has a 95 on Metacritic. Um. 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 4.2 on Letterboxd. Like, it's one of those movies that I look at it and I'm like, I must have missed something. Like, the reviews are so glowing across, even from people I know. Like, my friends on Letterboxd have rated this movie super highly. So, there's, it makes me feel like the stick in the mud because I heard all of this praise before I saw this movie. So I was ready for like an emotional roller coaster, but, yeah. and while it does deliver some poignant emotional messages, they are all in the last 20 minutes of this movie. Um, and because of that, it really, I really don't know if the time benefit ratio was worth it. If you like slow burns, this is the slow burn movie. Dude, it's such a slow... Dude, this is like a frog in boiling water. Yes. Like, it's so slow that by the, get to, by the time you get to the end, you're like, was this even worth it? Because, like, the whale is slow, but it's interesting. And they tackle... I mean, there's almost no interlap. Uh, overlap of themes other than the fact that it's a daddy-daughter thing and it's like centered around their relationship. Other than that, they're completely different movies. My frustrating part with this movie is it's so slow that by the time they get to the end, you're like, oh, I kind of get it. You could have been so much more overt. This movie is so filmy, it's crazy. And so it's like, it's way too subtle that like you can walk away with little to no character development. So... I will say, so after this movie was over, I had the thought, I must have missed something. So yeah, yeah. I what I did was I literally pulled up the movie on Wikipedia and I read the plot breakdown. And everything that I read, I'm like, I remember seeing that. But I think reading it in like plain language helped me understand what the movie was trying to do as a whole. So... I think I might enjoy this movie more on a second watch 
now that I have a little bit more of a context, more of a frame for it. Um, but that would also require me to watch this movie a second time. Um, Craig, the last time I had to look up the plot, I'm pretty sure it was a streetcar <laughs> named Desire. I give that movie a two and a half. If I don't understand what's going on, or I know exactly what's going on, but there's so much like subtlety that like you really have to read into everything, then I didn't know what was going on. And this movie is one of those things I'm like, the stri- the whole movie is dad dealing with depression and suicidal ideation, takes his daughter out on like a 10 day resort in Turkey. And She's trying to have fun and he's trying to take a last stab at happiness. Trying to see is like this is supposed to be as good as it can get. Can I be happy here? Um, that is such a interesting and cool topic. And this movie did not it's like it was almost too real. And by too real, I mean in real life, you have 24 hours a day, you sleep for eight of it, and then something interesting happens maybe that day, but usually once or twice a week. It felt like that. Like this was a week long movie and something happened once or twice that was interesting. And the rest was just surviving and just living a regular life. It was so boring, dude. So the interesting theme that I liked about this movie was the idea of shielding your depression from your kid. I Mm -hmm. think that that's... Like, I'm not going to go into the psychology of, like, whether or not I agree with that behavior. But, like, I think as a theme for a movie, I think that that's a really cool theme. That's Um, super cool. They, like, really address it, like, three times across the whole movie. A lot of what goes on in terms of Callum's depression is, like, things are the things we don't see. And it got frustrating to a point because like there's a scene where we just see him crying on his bed and it's like a 45 second shot where the only thing is him crying on the bed. And if you don't know what triggered it, you have dude, there's, we have no idea when this is taking place except for the fact that it's at night. We don't know what happened before this or after this. You just see crying. I'm like freaking yikes, dude. And seeing more of that, kind of scattered throughout the movie, I think would have um, made it a little bit more compelling. Um, hey, can you explain to me a part of this movie? Yeah. I mean, what maybe... was up with the rave? Yeah, dude. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I this thought no clue what was going on. So um, the frame of this movie um, is adult. Sophie is mm-hmm. looking through a, um, uh, some tapes of a camcorder that she was using during this resort vacation. And so um, the movie is framed as her reconciling the, it's implied that it's the last time she saw her dad. Um, Yeah. And so I think the raves are like, um, okay, I'm going to get real film majory here for a second. I mean, you got to dude. That's the only way this movie makes sense is if you have, you have to do a deep dive it's like reading poetry in high school and your teacher's like, look at it through this lens. You're like, what are you talking about? I don't get it. That's the only way this makes sense. So I think that the rave was probably a representation of the grief and um, oh, geez. And okay. because all of the rave scenes was either adult Sophie and her dad or child Sophie and her dad. So it's um, I think that that was supposed to be her 
um, idealizing uh, what it would be like to be with her dad or like trying to visualize them in the same space again, which is why, spoiler, when the movie ends, um, Callum drops off Sophie at the airport. He turns and walks away. The, uh, the hallway doors open and he steps into the rave that we've been seeing this whole movie because that was the last time that Sophie saw her dad. And so he's now the only place that he exists is in this grief ridden rave sequence. Right. Dude, you have to really sit down and think about this movie to get to there. And so I want this is one of those movies that I want to watch with somebody that liked it so they can explain why they liked it because I am open to whatever they say. Like I genuinely want to know what I'm not getting from this. Yeah. Because like I think about like my film like vocabulary and my film preferences um, and to see a movie like this get praised so intensely and for me to just not get it, I feel like if I were to understand this movie, I would understand a great library of films more than I do. So I, there's like a piece from this that I think is representative in a lot of art films that um, if I... If, if I had the key to that, I, I think watching these movies would be a lot easier. Now, I do want to talk about some scenes that I liked about this movie. Okay. Um, We're already talking about this movie more than longer than I thought we would. Yeah. So um, one of the things that they capture really well, and this is an experience that I've explained to several people, and um, no one has really related to it in a way that I saw in a scene in this movie where – I felt like a lot of my childhood, I did not participate in life. Like I was just existing and life was kind of just happening around me. And right. there's a scene in this movie where um, it's very short and maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but there's a scene where like they're playing water polo and Sophie is oh, in the yeah. pool and everyone is actively playing water polo and Sophie's just kind of, in the middle, like waiting, like you do in a pool. Like she's like kind of jumping a little bit. She's like moving just enough to look active, but isn't like actively engaging in the game. And like the way that that sequence was shot, um, just kind of like a little bit of an overhead angle. So that way you can see her stationary in a crowd full of people that are moving and actively playing a game. And like that captured that existential emotion very well, where it's like, I kind of don't know why I'm here, but I'm here, I guess. Okay. Um, so I really like that moment. And there's another moment at the end. It's, it's the most literal part of the movie where, right. um, it's the last night of vacation and they're like, you know, they're, there's music playing in the resort and they're dancing and the lyrics to the song are, this is our last dance. This is my last dance with you. And I'm like, okay, this is probably the last time she sees her dad, isn't it? And it was, Yeah, dude. <laughs> but that, but that dance, I, I, I say that kind of jokingly, but 
once you realize, once you connect the lyrics of the song to what's actually happening, it does create a genuinely tender emotional moment that I like. I mean, the last 15 minutes are what the whole movie should have been. Yes. Um, That's a bummer. (laughs) Because I liked certain parts of this movie, except they were so short and so few and far between that majority of this movie was boring and I couldn't get on board with it. So I liked, so it's obvious, like, I mean, he is going through something. You never find out what, he's just unhappy. I liked how he just made risky decisions. He's like, worst case scenario, I die, but I'm not killing myself. So like, for instance, he's going through and he's scuba diving without a license. He may have never scuba dived before in his life. And I'm like, I get that, dude. If you're depressed and you just want this to be over, but you don't want to kill yourself. You're like, I'll just do crazy things and whatever happens, happen. Um, he cuts off his own cast. He's like, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. Whatever happens, happens. If it's still broken, it's still broken. I just don't want to deal with this anymore. He stands on top of his balcony railing, just hanging out. Um, he starts smoking, but he never smokes around his daughter. He's just like, oh, so what? I'll smoke now. It's whatever. So he just does risky things. He just doesn't care anymore. And I'm like, that's relatable, I guess. Um, but this movie should have been amazing for me. I love dad with um, kids movies, especially when, I mean, A24 does an amazing job finding um, child actors. They're always awesome. More oh, than yeah. any other, any other uh, group or production or uh, distribution. They, they have that shit on lock, dude. Yeah. And that being and- said, I just didn't, I just didn't feel lit for most of this movie except for the last 10 minutes i walked away i'm like oh dude that's a this sucks yeah so again i'm open to new interpretations of this movie but as it sits right now that's a five and a quarter bub okay i'm opening to new parts of this movie i want people to you know sit down with it with me here's the my problem is is in and of itself it's not entertaining which i've watched we've watched movies that aren't entertaining it's not enjoyable and i don't feel like there was enough in it to make me want to watch it again it was just so boring like not enough was happening so i would sit down and have a conversation with somebody and i would i want them to explain to me the scenes that they liked but i want to watch this again this movie is getting my lowest score in a long time of three and a half dude all right so for the audience who hasn't heard me say anything below five in a while three is this movie has many many flaws and four is, I'm not watching this movie ever again. There was one or two parts I liked, but I didn't like it. So this is right in between one or two parts that I liked, and this movie has a bunch of flaws. Because I feel like all of, many of the flaws in this movie were done on purpose. So those aren't like, they're all subjective flaws for me, things yeah. I would change. But good grief, dude. There was one or two parts in this movie I liked. Everything else was boring and slow. This movie could have been a diary entry. For sure. <laughs> this movie could have been a flashback in a better movie. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, with that absolutely that. just demolition, this is one of those things that I'm afraid of um, somebody clipping this podcast, putting it on TikTok, and all the film bros just roasting us to shreds. Just destroy like, our accountability, our credibility. Yeah. These guys not obviously th- have no idea what they're talking about. Like, not that we had any to begin with, but like, you know. Man, we watched Mega Mind on this podcast. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to move on. We're going to do our improv segment. And Dope. I 
have a new one. Oh, this could be good. <laughs> or not. You went through so many emotions right now. It's one of those things that we've been running through the same couple over and over again, and it's been hitter after hitter. I'm a little worried, but this is this is how this is how you grow. This is a segment I'm calling franchising. The way this works is we're gonna do a scene, and then we're gonna do the sequel to that scene, and then we're gonna okay. do the prequel to that scene. Gotcha. Um, and we got to do these scenes. I think it's best to keep in mind maximum franchisability. So we got to make sure that there's like we're setting up seeds for the sequel. We're doing the payoffs in the prequel. We're explaining all like we're we're tapping in on all the nostalgia stuff like that. All right, this is gonna be some work, dude. All right. <laughs> um, I'm thinking for our first scene, let's do um. Oh, we just did medical not too long ago. Yeah. Let's do it anyway. Maybe. Okay, unless sure you no. have a, unless you have a better idea <laughs> uh i don't know if it's a better idea it's a idea we were going to be detectives tracking down a serial killer okay yeah yeah we we haven't done detectives in a while <laughs> it's been a minute we've done it we, before but it's been a minute we need to have like a chart that just has like the eight most improbable um professions and it's like and it's doctor cops doctors <laughs> uh, um random blue collar therapists uh you know all of those so that we don't have to like stick teachers sit, with troubled staring. students yeah just that way we're not sitting staring at our microphones drool coming out of our mouths trying to think of a basic scene and we just do something we did two months ago yeah um okay all right i've gathered all the evidence we have so far and um it looks like we've got a serial killer on the loose roger every time around this time of year you get all the evidence together and you say it's a serial killer. I'm telling you, these crimes are not connected. Okay, I'm telling you, we have a quota that we need to hit and I have all this unrelated evidence and I need to figure out a way to like tie up all these loose ends and also hit our quota. So I don't know why you're mad at me about this. Can't we just pin it on a guy who's already in prison? Find a guy who's doing life, throw it on him, and then we'll be fine. The captain just wants us to close the case. It doesn't matter if the person's already doing time. Okay, but the public doesn't feel like we get anything done if we're not actively putting new people in jail. Like, you know, Netflix doesn't, like, get more market share by having the same shows on it. That's why they add a new movie every 45 minutes, okay? We need to start having that same mindset, okay? Um... I don't really compare putting away criminals to putting out content. Like, okay. I, is the public getting bored? Sure. But I feel like people aren't dying very often. Like, this is pretty safe. Except for, I mean, like, last summer, we had that small spike. But I, mean, I think we can just attribute that to video games and move on, you know? Okay. So, I have all of our unrelated evidence on this board here. And really, the only thing that I can think of to tie everything together are, like... The chalk marks for the uh, for the body outline. Oh, I have. What if we call him? What if we, what what if we call him the chalkboard killer? All right, and because like all of the scenes like have chalk there, right? And yeah, so, that's because we we trace the body before okay, we move it. But imagine all how of our e scenes have chalk on it because we draw with the chalk, 
dude. Okay, okay, but imagine how easy it would be to pin something like chalk on somebody. Dude, hold on. Wait, I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay, we take the forensic guy that dr- that does all the chalk outlines and we frame him as the chalkboard killer. Dude, he he has the he has the access to the chalk. He's at all the crime scenes. The, honestly, I'm starting to believe in the chalkboard killer myself. Okay, I don't really like how you said frame when you're pitching this idea to me. That makes me feel a little uncomfortable. You talked also, about pinning crimes on already convicted Pinning felons. crime on criminals is different than sending an innocent man in jail. All these guys are already committing crimes. This guy has a family. Also, half the evidence you have on this guy, you can have on us. We're also at every single crime. We're also yeah. around the bodies. The but only difference I, between us and them is he draws with the chalk. Which I make sure of because the chalk gets under my nails and I feel very uncomfortable for the rest of the day, no matter how many times I wash my hands. So I'm acquitted. Yeah, I'm just saying there's a couple ways this could backfire on us. But if you want to make the arrest, go make the arrest. We'll see what his lawyers say. <laughs> okay, so now we do the sequel scene. <laughs> okay, so that was the end of the movie. No. We just go and arrest an innocent guy, and he's like, uh, hey. what's going on? What's happening? Hey, no. <laughs> I think our audience <laughs> is smart enough to fill in the blanks, okay? And also, I think that we can use our sequel scene to explain some of the po- the plot holes and loose ends from the first scene, okay? Okay, okay, okay. All right. Um, dude, did you hear? The chalkboard killer is getting out. Oh, for what? Did we not have enough to pin him? Well, I don't. Well, I guess if you want to look at it that way, they found that the case was fraudulent and that, you know, they were going to release the chalkboard killer. And it's been 10 years. So I'm pretty sure he's forgotten that it was us. And I'm going to say this whole thing is blown over. Are you telling me that guy did 10 years? It's already been 10 years. I know. Time flies when you're working your favorite case. Um, yeah. Um. Hey, man, think about it. If you were put away for 10 years and then you get out because of fraudulent evidence, wouldn't you do something about it? You don't think they're going to remember us? Okay. 10 but, years, dude. What else did he have to think about? Okay. But let me put it this way. If he does something to us, then he's just going to go right back to prison. He's proving them right. But if he does something to us, that would probably hurt and not be fun for us. I want to make it clear. We've been partners for 12 years now, okay? And I love you like a brother. You're the godfather to my children. If the chalkboard killer comes for us, I'm making sure he gets you first. Okay. I want you to know that I've been visiting him in prison. You've and been this what? Whole, I, told him, I told him this whole thing was your idea. Hold on. Hold <laughs> so, on. <laughs> frame all this you want. He knows it wasn't me. Okay, hold on. So <laughs> you're the reason he's getting out of jail because you were the one that gave him sufficient evidence that it was a fraudulent case. And I had to come to you to tell you he's getting out? Listen, I already knew who was getting out. What am I going to warn you? Be like, hey, the guy you put in prison is going to come out and probably kill you. Yes. Why would I tell you that? <laughs> for the same reason I told you. Except for it wasn't my idea. It was your idea. I'm going to be safe. You could have stopped me at any point. 
All right. That trial went on for two years. Listen, man, we were new. We had just started off as partners. I didn't know we were going to be this close. I didn't know I was going to be the godfather to your children. I didn't know. So I've been visiting him for like four years when we became what? friends. What? <laughs> oh, you thought I've been visiting him recently? Yes. He was my friend before we put him away. What was his name? Was it Nick or Zach? Or... Okay. You can't We just kind of called him by his last name. Yeah. And his you, wife. You called him the chalkboard been killer. Her... I've been taking care of his family, bro. How? How I'm the been... reason his family isn't homeless. Hey, I don't. Listen, I don't. How do you find the time between for taking care of his family between? Because you keep canceling on me every time. I'm like, hey, you should hang out. You say I have something more important to do, and I'm yeah. just now realizing that um, that was taking care of the family. Uh, yeah. I'm just now dates, realizing that. soccer games. Okay, hold Thanksgiving. on. Thanksgiving. Hold on. You started with dates. You listed the important things of taking care of his family, and you started with dates. I I had to make sure that his wife didn't go sleeping around with somebody else, dude. Okay. I had to keep her, you know, romantically involved. So you've been so you've been visiting the chalkboard killer in jail for a while and you've been actively boinking his wife. Okay. And you say that okay. you're friends with him? See, when you say it like that, it makes it sound like I'm being like manipulative. And that's not fair. Okay, because I'm doing him a favor, unlike you who put him in prison in the first place. I'm making sure that his wife doesn't cheat on him with some freaking nobody, dude. You know what? This argument isn't getting us anywhere. I just need to know if I'm actually like in danger. Oh, yeah, you should. You should run away, dude. Probably leave the country. Oh, the country, because he probably bad. can't. And he, farther than Mexico and Canada. I'm talking, you got to go far. Uh, like, I got to get an ocean between us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either that or, like, hang out in a rainforest in South America. You're going to get some distance, bro. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm going to cash in all of my miles to go to Rome. I probably shouldn't have told you that. I'm going to cash in all my miles to go to Moscow. Wink. Anyway, how many miles do I have? Hey, how many? How much do you think I could get off my ticket for? Fourteen travel miles. Um, they might just give you a handshake at the gate. You know what? That's all I can ask for. All right. And now the prequel. Now the prequel. All right. <laughs> hey man, I'm so glad I was able to get you that job as our forensics guy. Um, it's. I, I didn't know if you had the qualifications or not, but you've been doing a great job at the other precinct. I wanted you to bring over here so you could you could work with me. I got a new partner coming in next week. He should not be a problem, though. Hey, I just I don't want to say I really appreciate it. Um, You know, we you know, we've been friends since the academy. And, you know, the fact that we've been jumping around from various precincts and like we have it, it, I'm just excited that we actually get to work together this time. Um, yeah, dude. And this offers way more stability for uh, Jenny. I know you guys have been dating for a while. And you, you, I mean, you got to pop her the question soon. I'm going to. Hey, can I let you in on a secret? Sure, man. Once I get once the first paycheck clears from this job, I'm going to get a ring. That's awesome, man. Jenny's great girl. Great. I hope to find someone like Jenny. Yeah. Um, hey, um, I wanted to get your opinion on something. Um, sure. So I've been getting like a little bit of criticism from the other departments. They say that my chalk outlining for the corpses has too much 
style. Like I like to add like um, some shading details and some textures. Um, but they say that like I'm going too far. Like, do, do I really need to tell like, what's the vibe here? I think to be honest, I think you should keep doing your style because let, let's say like a killer comes out, right? And he does anything with chalk or anything. We'll always be able to know if it was you because it's highly stylized. So if something were to happen, like you get framed or whatever, it'll be super easy to, easy to prove you didn't do it. Yeah. So like, stick with the style, man. You need it. You need an MO. You need like a signature. A signature. I, sh- I need to start signing all of my crime scenes. I mean, not really literally. I was thinking more of like a like a signature move. Okay. You know? Like a calling card. I got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, weird analogies. I'm just thinking maybe you should just like have a distinct style. We'll always be able to know it's you. And if it, and if something were to happen, we'll be able to know, you know, which coroner, which forensics guy did what it'll be. Yeah, easy to for just... sure. Um, and um just... wait, 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 wait a second. I think, I think the rookie's calling me. Okay. He's, I mean, I th- he's starting with me next week. He gives me weird vibes, dude. Um, Hey, um, real quick before you head off though. Um, yeah. Am I going to be like the first person on the scene when they get called in? Like, will I have time to like. You know, do my own thing with the crime scene. I mean, sometimes. Huh. I mean, it all depends on who gets there first. I wouldn't plan around it. You don't know how many other people are going to be around. But okay. Sometimes so like, you'll be first, sometimes not. So if there's anything I want to grab from the crime scene, I just got to be fast about it. I mean, obviously take your pictures before you take evidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gloves, yeah. Yeah. Bagging, pictures. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. I'm going to I'm going to talk to my rookie. He uh, like I said, dude, super weird guy. And he's hey. got like a he used to work in the inside investigations. So like for some reason, he always suspects cops. I'm sure it won't be a big deal, especially not for you because you work in forensics. But yeah, I for sure. For sure. Heads up. Anyway, um, I got to go meet up with my next victim. I mean, client. I mean, body. I mean, I actually don't know how to save this sentence. I'll see you later. All right. Yeah, all right. Tell Jenny I said hi. Okay. Uh, hey. Oh, by the way, um, I want to yeah. say, um, I know I keep calling you back. I'm sorry. I'll let you go after this one. If, sure. f- if for some reason anything happens to me, I want to make sure that you boink my wife as often as possible. Okay. Like, I just like, I trust you and I want, I would rather her do that with you than like with a bunch of random people on the street. Okay. You know, I'm glad you said, said that because like some guys aren't cool like you, you know, and you're really looking out for her. So, yeah. you know, I'll take one for the team. Or, I mean, this would never happen, but in case it does, I got you, man. Okay. Go talk to that rookie. Hey, put in a good word for me. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I'm I'm sure he'll love you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, I, yeah, th- I think that worked about as well as I was hoping it would. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, without legitimately planning everything out, that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> All right. Alex, what do we have for our middle segment? I'm bringing back the grading scale. You've done it for me twice now, I think. Now I'm doing it for you. You got your S tiers, A tiers, B tiers, C tiers, D tiers. You can go lower than that if you want. But wrapping up Thanksgiving with a couple things that you're going to rank. I have like five categories. And then I'll- within each category, I have four subjects I need you to rank. Um, and then kind of give your, your feedback. For sure, why for sure. That way. Um, so I'm gonna start off with themes or holidays in November. Okay. Start off with Veterans Day. I'm gonna say A tier. Okay. Be- um, like it's not in the big, like the big five of holidays. Yeah, it's kind of like the Labor Day Memorial Day um, level. 
especially since we've had so many various by the time okay hold on i gotta i gotta say i'm walking on weird ground right here for what i'm about to say are you Um, saying you don't support our veterans (laughs) i'm saying i'm saying veterans day is the fourth remembrance day of the year and so like i think we we hit all the other big ones before november um so, but like, I understand it's important. I I respect it. So, like, A tier. Okay. No shave November. D tier. <laughs> Easy D tier. Isn't it for like a cause or something like that? If Isn't you're like- doing, if you're doing it for a cause, A tier. Fine. Okay. But sure. But the people that just use no shave November as an excuse to look the worst they've ever looked <laughs> uh, ever. Yeah. No thanks. And they get. And it's always, there's a direct relationship between how bad you look during No Shave November and how defensive you get about it when someone brings it up. You know, someone will say, oh, you haven't shaved in a little bit. They're like, it's No Shave November. It's it's because it's No Shave November. And I'm like. I couldn't even if I wanted to. Uh, So, yeah, D tier. D tier. Thanksgiving. Okay. I feel like this is an easy s tier for okay so the fact that there's a pause this long is wild let me talk it through okay before i give an answer okay so i was never really the kind of guy that was big on extended family time and when i Mm. mean i mean extended family spending time with them um right so the fact that there there's an annual um event that requires me to spend an ungodly amount of time with my least favorite relatives don't love it um (laughs) and also i don't like most thanksgiving foods which i understand i just have issues with food it's a whole thing um but like don't get me wrong i love the fact that there is a day that i can dedicate entirely to mashed potatoes I love that. That's Dude, about the I'm, only- I'm, and I'm a stuffing guy, hard. And there's no, I, you can get all year round, and we've started doing it all year round. But it didn't <laughs> used to be like that. So, like, my favorite Thanksgiving was the Thanksgiving where you and Macy came right. over the year before your daughter was born, um, because it was it was the four of us, you two, and like two other family friends. So, like. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, so if Thanksgivings were always like that, then yeah, S tier. Um, but traditional family Thanksgiving, B tier. Okay, that's fair. Um, next category, things to start with your best friend. Starting off strong with a podcast. S tier, always. Okay, here's the thing. I understand there is a um, stereotype, stigma, a stigma <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 with uh dude bros and podcasts all right i get it what would you rather us do crime because <laughs> that's what's next <laughs> okay instant s tier i like it uh next one a band a tier okay i'm i'm a i'm i love the idea of people being able to have positive creative outlets okay that is higher than I thought it was going to be, but that's pretty good. All right. A fight club. I'm going to put it at C tier. Okay. Because um, at least it's in a controlled environment. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like we're, we're with friends, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> All right, and the last one, a thruple. Again, C tier. Because I feel like a lot of thruples are born in heat of the moment decisions. Um, but like if you have a thruple that's like well-founded, then yeah, go for it. But I feel like a lot of thruples are like, well, we're already a couple. You're just around <laughs> yeah. all the time anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's Derek. He's my roommate, but we're super close. So, hey, Derek, instead of having you move out, you want to keep splitting rent and just sleep with my girlfriend? So um, I would say C tier. Okay. Next category. First date ideas. Around the holidays. Already tricky. Easy. Already tricky. Coffee shop. A tier. Okay. Um, Driving around to see the lights. B tier. Why B tier? Um, Because it's a little too c- confined. It serves the same purpose as a walk in the park. But yeah. a, a walk in the park, at least you're walking around and in a park. Driving in. <laughs> There's witnesses. <laughs> Well, yeah. I was just like, like driving around and looking at Christmas lights is just like, okay, we're going to hang out in my car. I know. It, just, it, it feels a little doofier. Okay. Sledding or tubing on a first date? On a first date? That's, mm, that's intense. <laughs> I'm going to say if you're going to... A sledding place, like a ski resort that does... This is not like a ski resort. This is not snowboarding and skiing, renting skis and stuff. This is, hey, bring your tube. I have a big hill in my backyard. There's a my church has a crazy hill in the back or be like the dunes are a little bit of a drive away. We can hit those. Those are really fast. I would you know what? I'm going to say B tier on this one, too, because on paper, like we're joking about it because it sucks. However, (laughs) however, I feel like there's a rom com that like makes this look like the cutest first date you've ever seen. Even if it goes badly, it could be fun. Yeah. So I'm gonna say B tier. Okay. And last one for this. Christmas caroling. Is the is a date? Uh, yes. uh a double F tier. Quadruple F tier. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> because um <laughs> Because not only does that suck, (laughs) it also, it's the same reason you don't go to a movie for a first date. You can't talk to your date because you're trying to find that baritone alto harmony for Carol of the Bells. You're just like walking to the next place be like, I know we need to talk, but for some reason we are starting in different keys and we need to figure this out before we hit the next house hold on i'm downloading a pitch pipe app real quick okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. can i see your sheet let me see what your starting note is do you need me to sing your part for you Oh my god! I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that sign was pretty obvious that we we're gonna repeat, and I couldn't help but notice. But you did the third verse instead of repeating the first verse. <laughs> you don't want me to sing my part for you. Freaking brutal, dude. Hey, I have sheet music in my car. <laughs> 
<sighs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right, next one. Gifts to be received by family. Gift cards. Um, sorry, let me are these things that I am giving other family members? You are or? getting okay. them from your family around the holidays. A tier. All right. That's a little high, man. All right. An ornament. C tier. Um, okay. It, it, it's, okay. It's, this it's is a, a shot at my whole family. <laughs> it's a little weird <laughs> to give someone something that's not going to be used until next year. <laughs> yeah, um, that's totally fair. And if it's a cute ornament, that's why it's in C tier and not D or F tier. Because like, if it's cute, like there's room for it to move. But like... Yeah. You know, if you open up a 12 pack of Target ornaments, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> All right. A handwritten letter and a Christmas card. B tier. <laughs> it's cute. Gift cards. A tier. Handwritten letter. Christmas card. B tier. Like, don't get me wrong. Give if, me that money. <laughs> don't get me wrong. A handwritten Christmas card would be nicer if there was some <laughs> Domino's gift cards in there. <laughs> and then the last one is a ticket to a concert that takes place in May or June. Um, still a. I say still a tier. Wow. Okay. See, I've oh, I've thought about giving those gifts, but I'm like. Here's this band I know you like. It's weird that I'm giving you a present that you can't enjoy for six months. Yeah, I um, am acutely aware of social paradigms. And um, the idea of gift giving is like, I'm like honed in on all the social aspects of gift giving. And like everybody always talks about if I give you a watch and then you wear the watch, and then you stop wearing the watch. I'm like, oh, so you don't like the gift anymore? Like, you know, that's a social aspect of it. Um, mm -hmm. Now there's going to be like this, like, in my head, there's like a weird social tension until the gift is redeemed. Like, Right, dude. Like, my be parents... Like, they'd be like, are you excited? Yeah. It's coming up. And like, my parents <sighs> got me um, a gift certificate to use at a massage parlor. Um, mm -hmm. for Christmas of 2022, I did not really have the time to schedule an appointment and use it until like September. Nice. And so every time I saw them, I, I would be like, I still haven't used your massage. I, I, I'm sorry. I haven't used it. I want to, I want to, I just haven't gotten to it yet. But then you also got to double thank them. So you thank them when you get it. And then you got to thank them months later when you use it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not a fan. All right. Last one. Conversations you have with extended family over the holidays. Sports. C tier for me, A tier for normal people. Okay. Politics and how the previous election went. Pass. <laughs> okay. The how's work conversation. Um, B tier. Serviceable. Okay. And the last one is family drama, aka divorce, recent breakups, or beef between family members. S tier. S <laughs> tear oh yeah and here's the thing i got enough going good in my life to where like if anybody tries to rope me into family drama i can pivot out of that so quick that i am <laughs> only an observer i am the watcher from what if <laughs> all right that concludes our middle segment dude you ran uh, the gauntlet and you only passed on one thing so that's pretty good yeah all right for the one hit um i have a segment called modern classics 
So when you uh, go up through school, you get told a bunch of books are classics. And they've been classics for a hundred years. Um, I think it's time for us to look at modern literature and discuss what new classics should be taught in schools. All right. Cool. Um, and mm-hmm. and we can do different genres. You know, like uh, we can talk about classic books. We can talk about classic movies. We can talk about classic music, etc. But like in the last twenty years. Yeah. Cool. Um, like for example, I think that um, Magic Treehouse should just be part of the curriculum. Dude, I love Magic Treehouse. Magic Treehouse. I'm gonna read. I'm getting the box set and I'm reading them to my kids in order fr- from the first one to the last one. I'm not going to go into the whole magician stuff. But okay, like, well, the magician stuff is where it gets good, but okay. I know, but it's just like I'm already going to have to do 30 books. I don't want to add an extra 10. Plus, I'm going to do it with Willow when she gets to f- probably four or five. I'm going to have to redo it two <laughs> years later with Louie and then have to redo it. Whenever I have this third kid. So it's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't want to do. I would rather do 30 books than, you know, 45. I'm so behind that, dude. And Um, I said it as a joke. But now that I think about it, like having like, uh, you know, having for first graders be like, okay, here is a chapter book with a plot that continues through all the other books. Like that's honestly, I kind of, I'm kind of on board with that now that I said it. Also, the books are only like 120 pages. Yeah. It's like 14 chapters. Do you know how nice it is to read a chapter when there's only 10 pages? Five page turns and you're on to the next chapter? That's awesome. (laughs) I do remember, I think in like fourth grade... Um, our teacher had to put in a rule that like all no book report could be about a magic treehouse book because everybody was doing them. But because it's Dude. fourth grade and sh- kids are idiots, like four kids would do magic treehouse books anyway. Um, Dude, they're so good. Yeah. Um, um, how uh, do we feel about Hunger Games? Um, I don't know if I feel the- like okay. So, Lord of the Rings has been out for a long, long time. Yeah, like 120 years. Do we have something other than Narnia, because that's also old, that can be like, all right, here's the series everyone should be reading because it's good literature. So, people talk a lot about Brandon Sanderson books. Um, Mm -hmm. Brandon Sanderson is like the heavyweight champion modern fantasy writer where he writes the... 600 page epic fantasy complex magic system fantasy that um would be likened to lord of the rings in the in the mid 1900s um so i'm sure you could throw a brandon sanderson in there and be like this is what a complex book is like good luck i I also think like the the brissinger eldest aragorn aragon aragon i don't know why i said that word Oh, well, you said, Ar- yeah, you said Aragorn. <laughs> um, I think those are top tier caliber. I just don't think the demographics wide enough. Yeah. Um, um, but I do like the idea because everybody goes through a dystopian unit in high school. And, you yeah. know, you read like Lord of the Flies and Fahrenheit 451. And Orson Welles. Uh, what's the... Um, 1984 1984 all that yeah so i agree that we do need to put another we need to re-up the dystopian game um i mean we could just do i think we should just do the uh, first hunger games 
Yeah. What uh first Maze Runner? And the first Divergent. Um, first Divergent, dude. Words out of my <laughs> mouth. I think if you did the three of those, bang, 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 you'll get a taste for the genre. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and just for good measure, I think that we should throw in the fault in our stars. Like, hey, I this think is, this, this is a what lot t- of John Green stuff could just be in there. Yes. Looking for Alaska, fire. Anthropocene reviewed, fire. Paper Towns, fire. Dude, you could do, I think you could just have a month of being like, let's talk about teenage emotions. Now, what book do you think could replace the old man in the sea? It's got to be dense. Boring. And boring. Well, old man in the sea uh, is not dense. It's like a hundred pages. I forget how long it was because i refuse to read it yeah it's like, been, i know this is short it's still too boring for old me man in the sea is practically a pamphlet <laughs> um i get that one mixed up with the odyssey oh i thought you were gonna say moby dick you know the one oh, that i could understand yeah. you getting it confused with um moby dick i just for some reason i don't get those confused but all that those three are all just like what are we doing bro um the thing is, is now I I think we can replace those with um a new marking period of semester of self help books. Like here's what you're gonna read when you're an adult, <laughs> when your life is falling apart. Here's how to figure out which books are good and which ones are bad. <laughs> so okay, hold on. So we're just deleting the hermit on the ocean subgenre that we're taught in school. Yeah. Hey, and we Ernest are... Hemingway. We're not even gonna talk about him anymore. So we're going to ignore that and just go to self-help. Here's the difference between like a self-help that actually teaches you something. Here's a self-help. Uh, the, uh, the author's just trying to make money. Here's an author who actually knows what they're talking about, is credible in this field. This is one who read a couple books and said, I could do it too. Here's a celebrity who wrote a self-help book who has no idea what they're talking about. We Just like, let's just do two or three. And then when you're older and your life is falling apart, your parents just got divorced, you're going through a divorce and your kids hate you. Here's how to get your life back on track. I will say doing a memoir section where like, hey, you can read a memoir of your favorite celebrity, I think would go over pretty well. I, I think that would go over pretty well. I remember having to do I Am Malala. And okay. I'm like, Jeez, this is depressing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, freaking yikes. Can I just read, like, I would read other depressing books about celebrities. Like, Trevor Norris, Born a Crime, is notoriously sad. It gets better. But, like, at least we know who Trevor Norris is. So I have no problem with that. But I mean, Will Smith has one. I think George Clooney has one. A bunch came out, like, this year. Um, so I think just having a memoir would be good. Like a memoir, a, a biography, an autobiography, which is kind of a memoir anyway. Um, just having something like that would be good. Yeah, I read Brian Cranston's memoir when I was a senior in high school. And I remember mm. reading that book and being like, oh, this is how adults think. <laughs> yeah, I like it, dude. I read uh, Steve Martin's Born Standing Up, and that was very good. Um, there are ones that I tried to read and could not do it. So, um, I'm looking at you, freaking Seinfeld. I, I got his book. It's called Is This Anything? And I thought it was about how he became a comedian. There's about 30 pages on how to become a comedian and 200 pages of his jokes. Oh. Oh, I remember when that book was coming out. Because you're right. I remember um, he went on Jimmy Fallon. 
And they would like play games using the bits that were in that book. The like it's, rejected bits. We uh, are going to do it on the PG book club. I'm bringing please, that book on please. so we can freaking. And I like Seinfeld TV show and I like him. I don't want to say as a person. I like the fact that he had a TV show where he got to talk to other comedians. So I know that he's important to the industry. I don't really like him as a person. Cause he's done some shady stuff. Um, and I don't like his joke style, so we're gonna freaking light it on fire, dude. We're gonna we're gonna go on the podcast and talk about it. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I think we kind of covered everything we needed to. I think books were really the only th- books are the only thing that we care about uh, when it comes yeah, to dude. school and curriculum. For sure. Oh, also, we're not watching Leonardo DiCaprio's Romeo and Juliet anymore. Not cool. We're not doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Showing teenagers a Baz Luhrmann film is really a choice. Yeah. <laughs> now that We're I'm just an not adult. Do that anymore. <laughs> now that I'm an adult and have seen other Baz Luhrmann movies, I would not <laughs> I would not force that onto a fourteen year old. Yeah, so we can just take that out of the program, but everything else can stay. I think that's fine. All right. Um so that was that those were modern classics. Um let's do free balling, Alex. Uh what do you got? I watched Midsummer. Okay, I yeah, I've seen this movie twice. This movie is for I'm just going to straight up say it. It's for women. And here's what I mean by that. It's not that the th- it's it's the f- it's the kind of movie that women like. I don't know. I think it's just a vibes thing that a lot of dudes wouldn't be into it. It's just a movie about a cult and Florence Pugh does an amazing job in this movie. She's such a good actress. It's crazy. I liked the also other supporting characters. I liked the themes. I don't know if I like I said that and I don't know if I agree with that. Um, it's a, it's a slow freaking burn dude. It takes a while to stuff to pop off. And then once it starts popping off, you're like, Oh, this is intense. It just takes a while to get there. Um, it's not my movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just like if this is your favorite movie, it tells me something about you, if that makes sense. This is like Forrest Gump. Like, it's not a bad movie, but like, if that's your favorite movie, I know a lot about you. And it's way more thriller than horror. Like, way more thriller. I just don't like... Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe this was a good... I just know I didn't enjoy it when I was watching it. So, my problem is the idea of it is better than the movie if that makes sense i yeah i'm never gonna watch it again ah that feels no i would watch it again it's gonna be a while it's a steak you know this is a thing you have to sit down and consume it's just not for me and i don't have a lot in common with the demographic it's for it's just a movie about a cult um i'm gonna give it a six seven five okay um i watched scott pilgrim takes off which is a Netflix anime that came out. Um, And so this show did something really cool, which was there wasn't any like trailers for it. We just all knew it was coming out and everybody was kind of under the assumption that it was an animated adaptation of the graphic novels. It was just going to be, you know, basically the graphic novels in the same style, the same animation, um, but in a TV show. Um, it's not that at all. Um, in the first fight against um, William Patel, or Matthew Patel, rather, is his name, um, Scott loses the first fight. And, like, 
um, dies. So, um, and then the end of the second episode is Ramona realizing he's still alive. And so the show is about Ramona trying to figure out where Scott is and um, bring him back. And the way that she does this is by confronting all of her evil exes because they're all suspects on this list. Um, And so I'm really glad that it was not an adaptation. I think that expanding the universe was really cool. And the original cast all came back for it. Michael Sarah is Scott Pilgrim. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Ramona Flowers, etc., etc. The only problem that I have with this show and a lot of people disagree with me on this. I'm the only one that I've talked to you that has this opinion. Um, a lot of the fights in the show are not what I wanted them to be. Once it was revealed that, okay, Ramona is the main character of this show, I kind of wanted it to be Ramona fights her own evil exes which is not what happens. There is a Scott Pilgrim style fight in every episode, but it's a, it's more character driven and not always as um, big and robust as the evil exes fights were in Scott Pilgrim past. So that was, that was kind of the big thing that I didn't love about it is, um, I was hoping the action would satisfy on a level that it kind of didn't, but it does some really cool character exploration. Um, I'm glad we got more Scott Pilgrim in no universe. Did I think we were like Scott Pilgrim is a very contained story. So the, so the fact that they were able to like turn it on its head and still make a compelling show out of it is really cool. So I'm glad it exists. I don't want any more. I think we've kind of, we, we, we did it. We, we, we got it. We're good. Um, so, um, it's not my favorite show. I liked it a lot. It's only eight episodes, 30 minute episodes. And it's the kind of show that once you start, you don't want to stop until you're done. Gosh. Yeah. Um, so like seven and a half for me, not my favorite, but I still like it a lot. Dope, man. I watched kill team on Netflix. I think this is just, distributed by a24 but wasn't they weren't involved in anything else so this is a borderline a24 movie not really it's about based off a true story of an army team 2009 2010 ish in afghanistan that uh rationalized their way to killing civilians isn't it's an hour and 45 minutes um it starts off with their their squad leader, um, or maybe he's their platoon sergeant. He's, uh, gets killed by an IED. Just starts off with that. And then they bring in a grizzled staff sergeant who's just like, there's only one way to win this thing. We've got to treat these people like savages. Um, and just commits a bunch of war crimes. And it makes it even harder to watch when you've, when in the beginning it tells you, ah, oh, yo, by the way, this is based off a two story. So, you know, at the end of this movie, you're going to get a whole lot of like actual like here's what happened to these people afterwards like right before the credits so movie was pretty intense <laughs> um they got enough of the culture and the and like the speaking and vocabulary right that it felt very real 
um the uniforms there was they did so much right that i could overlook the mistakes which is something i rarely do in military movies and it just got me very very uncomfortable um very good movie um and i would recommend it to anybody that likes military movies if you like military movies this is definitely gonna be in for you if you don't um this is not the one <laughs> there are better military movies We've done, go to check out our uh, micro themes. We did war movies. Watch those instead before you watch this. It was good. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I need, it's going to be a while before I watch it again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, sounds like it. Whew. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, I watched a movie called The Holdovers. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm going to watch it this month. It looks so interesting. Right. With mm-hmm. uh, it has Paul Giamatti in it, and it came out like last month. Um, and so it is a by the numbers student teaches the teacher movie. Um, so it's about Paul Giamatti is right. a history teacher at this um boarding school, this high school boarding school, and During Christmas, everyone leaves, except if you can't leave and you have to stay at the school, you're called, uh, uh, it's, um, you're called a holdover. And so Paul Giamatti, his character has been tasked with babysitting the holdovers during this Christmas break. Um, like I said, it is pretty by the numbers. I really don't think this movie explores anything in that genre that I have not seen another movie do at the same level or better. Um, you know, neither of them like the situation and they have like a sarcastic rapport with each other and the kid has untapped potential and the kid's rebelling against, um, you know, a remarried mother and, um, the teacher isn't liked by any of the staff or students cause he's a hard ass but throughout the course of the movie, they soften each other up and they learn to grow uh, and become more likable to each other. Like it's it really um, and, and I'm kind of putting like a negative tone on this because the trailer mm-hmm. was better than the movie, in my opinion, because sure, if you're going to retread tired ground the ground has to be exciting. And so the entire movie, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and it really didn't. Um, Like there's a sequence in this movie where, um, you know, they're not supposed to leave campus or the surrounding area, but the teacher, it, as kind of like an olive branch is like, okay, let's go to Boston, you know, the town over. Um, and we'll spend the night. We'll call it a field trip. I'll pull some strings. We'll get away with it. And I'm like, Oh, he's pulling some strings to get away with something. That means it's going to backfire and he's going to get in trouble somehow. Um, and he did in the most boring way possible. (laughs) So I would say if you wanted to watch a movie where, a mentor and a student have a disgruntled but grow but growing relationship. There are better versions of this movie. Like I also just watched Finding Forrester recently, which isn't the same movie, but it has that old mentor, young rebellious student vibe to it. 
Um, I I would tell you to watch Finding Forrester before I told you to watch the holdovers. Um, Got you. As far as a Christmas holiday movie, does it satisfy that at all? Yeah, definitely. Because, um, okay, you know, there's a whole sequence where Paul Giamatti tries to, like, make the school a little more Christmassy for this one student. And um, I think there's, like, a little bit of a gift-giving sequence. So there is, there's hardcore Christmassy elements in it, for sure. Um, I, I know other people that have different, like, <laughs> they got this movie much more than I did. So, like, don't... I don't dislike this movie strong enough to tell you to not watch it. Like, um, if these are your kinds of movies, this slots in very easily. Um, I just think it's not really breaking any new ground. I would probably put it at, at, at like a similar five and a quarter. Well, um, that wraps up this episode. And our A24 months. <laughs> Yeah, and we watched all of them. There's none left. Um, Taxi driver. So next month, we are doing our annual actor deep dive, and we are going to be watching a bunch of Jodie Foster movies for Joe December. Um, We are starting off with Taxi Driver. If I don't like this movie, I would be blown away. I would bet so much money that this is going to be a great movie because it's it's checking off so many boxes for me. I would be blown away if I don't like it. I have never seen it. Yeah, I'm excited. I saw Taxi Driver um, when I was like 19, and I, surprising no one, bounced off it pretty hard. So um, we're going to see if five years and um, a movie podcast has changed my opinions at all. But that's next week. Until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.